Hi guys, John Bishop here with John Bishop Fine Art, and this is the podcast Art Life. Glad you're here. Uh, let's see, got a lot going on. If you can't notice, you if you're listening to this, you don't see that I actually have a chair in front of me that I am actually preparing for an exhibition. Uh, we have uh, a show coming up at Silver Street Studios called Home, and one of the things we're doing is entering a chair. So I'm going to be painting this while we're chatting. Uh, so uh, hopefully that won't be a distraction for either of us. Been pretty busy uh, since last we spoke. I actually had opened up a, a, a solo exhibition at Silver Street Studios. Uh, it's a really, really great opportunity we have as tenants at Silver Street because the, the building allows us to do uh, solo shows and they give us some space and we're able to sign up and for kind of a month-long show and my month was November and so I have a show that's really been going since the middle of October to the middle of December of November uh, I started a little early because we got to worry about Thanksgiving in there so my show opened uh, well, two three weeks ago and of course getting ready for that show was a tremendous amount of work and I think if any of you have done solo shows in the past uh, you'll know just how much work that can be um, and I want to talk a little bit today about that kind of preparation to do that kind of a show and and how the show's going and, and kind of what the next steps are um, I have uh, I opened the show on October 14th and two days later had a uh, reception so I had oh I guess sent out a lot of invitations I guess we got around 50 60 no probably 60 70 people uh, who showed up for the show for the reception which was fabulous I had catering so I ended up spending about a thousand dollars on catering um, for that many people and that included a bartender, uh, champagne, wine, and food. And of course, the, the venue itself I didn't have to pay for because we get that free. So that's, that was a huge help, not having to pay for a venue because that can be pretty prohibitively expensive. And so uh, set up the show, had invitations go out, people showed up, we had a lovely evening. I sold three paintings that night out of 22. So there's still a lot of work that has, is remaining unsold. Now, conventional wisdom says that you should sell as much as you possibly can before the show. So to have a kind of a VIP night where all, all your collectors are invited, kind of make it a special event so they feel like they're getting in, they're getting kind of a special deal. And I didn't do that. I didn't have time. We were in Romania. I came back. I just didn't have time to put all that together. So I knew that I was going to probably not sell everything the first night. Having said that, the, the show has been going now for about three weeks. And I still have two weeks to go. And... I'm getting a little worried because nothing's really been selling. Now, tomorrow we have a big open day and 
let's fingers crossed we're going to have a lot of people show up and maybe I can sell some more. The, uh, the thing is though, they might not. That's okay, right? So as much as it, as much work as goes into doing a show like this, I think there's as much work that needs to happen after. You know, what happens next? What do I do when this show closes and I still have some work to, do, to, to sell? And the kind of, I don't know, the, the energy, the, the, the immediacy of, of buying it kind of goes away because it's, it's not that people are trying to beat the deadline of the show anymore. So we have been trying to strategize a little bit about how to, how to keep this exciting, how to try and, and get some sales even after the show has closed. So what we thought and what we've been doing is uh, we actually did a big press release to news people, to art magazines, to anybody who's interested in looking. Uh, we did an ex we did a um, a press release to about the show uh, and that that it was still going on because there's still time if somebody wanted to come and do a a report, a, some sort of interview. There's still time to do that uh, if there's any local press that want to do that. Um, but also just to give that kind of press, just do that press release to say that this is out there, this is available, it's still, it's still around. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I mean, we just did that last week. The thing that I thought was pretty impressive, to me anyway, was that when we sent out the first press release, uh, you're able to track how many people open that email and click on anything. And 219 journalists clicked on something from that press release. That, to me, seems to be a pretty good return. I don't know what the, uh, the statistics are as far as, you know, the percentage, but it, it, it wasn't a small percentage, uh, considering I think you don't ever expect to get huge numbers, but it was something over 20%, uh, which apparently is a pretty good return rate for a blind kind of uh, uh, press release like that. So what we're doing now is we have actually prepared a second press release that has additional information, more information kind of about me and about the inspiration for the for the show, and that is going out this weekend. And that is being sent to all of those 219 people who actually opened up the first press release. So the idea is, the hope is, that they are interested enough that they might not have acted the, after the first press release but now that they get more information, they might be more inclined to do so. So it's kind of hitting people who have shown some bit of interest. That, that makes a certain amount of sense to me. So what we're going to do is we're going to release that, and then we'll see if we get anything from that. Um, additionally, we have come up with a plan to do some really kind of dedicated marketing 
specifically with uh, PR, trying to get routine press releases out there, trying to get written up in some magazines, getting noticed, somehow getting press. And that's not an easy bit either. That's not something, that's not a skill that I'm really, I've got a lot of experience with and could be, I don't know, a little challenging. Uh, we're going to find out. So what we're doing is we're creating, and we're really going to kick this off in the, after the new year, is to have a different theme every week for 52 weeks. And we've done this in the past for to kind of streamline how we're presenting social media and just marketing in general. And so what we'll do is we'll kind of focus all of our attention on a particular theme every week and all our social media, these vlogs, these podcasts, uh, the, the live show that we do, art chat, uh, the blog posts that we put out, uh, as well as any kind of press releases, will all be centering around that theme. One of the things that we considered when looking at what we've done in the past is that so much of what we're doing is kind of geared toward the artist, toward the person who is a, a creative who's trying to run a small business. And that, that's fine, and we love doing that. The point, though, that we actually talked to a specialist, and the observation was made, you know what? You're marketing to people who are artists. Artists are not going to buy your art. And generally, that's, that's true. I get that. I don't buy a lot of art from artists. Um, I mean, I have some things that I collect and some people that have gifted me art over the years, and that's been marvelous, and I've done the same. But I'm generally not out there considering myself to be an, uh, a supporter of any particular artists. Uh, I just don't have the money, and I'm in the same business. So the idea was that maybe we should turn our attention less toward artists who are trying to build an art business and spend more time talking to collectors, people who actually buy art and support artists, uh, and that that might actually help our bottom line and allow us to do uh, what, you know, to make a living. Now, that doesn't mean we're not interested in doing that kind of support with artists, because that's what our whole new nonprofit is all about. Arepa Arte is designed to specifically help artists build their art careers, particularly Romanians, in this, particularly as we're starting out, to build their art careers. And that we will do as well. So we figure that we might can turn some of our attention away from that, let Arepa Arte do that kind of content uh, as that develops, and spend more of our effort trying to specifically to sell our art, uh, which of course we need to do. So I would, I would, I would caution that when, as an artist, 
you need to be supportive of other artists in those communities and things like that. We're, we're still very, very interested in doing those things. But that's not your bread and butter. That you need to have a strategy, a marketing strategy, a PR strategy that allows you to develop your business with the people who actually will buy your product, which in our case is art. Um, I don't know what you guys think of that. If you've had similar experiences, uh, we do find that we basically sell most when we have events. So when we have something like a solo show, or an exhibition, uh, that is when we tend to sell the most. And then, of course, we have our studio open and then people come through the door and, and buy from us as well. Uh, and the problem we've always had is that having a studio like that is really seems so passive. And yeah, people come in the studio, but they don't come in enough to support us. And so we can't really build a business hoping to make a living off of, you know, running a shop. It just doesn't happen enough. And so we're thinking, okay, we're going to really try and become much more attuned to marketing, PR, getting the word out to people who actually buy art. And if what we need to do is determine what their needs are, as opposed to what our needs are, and those of other artists, uh, we have to be really, really honest and circumspect when considering that question. People buy things because they have a need. That's a need to, in the case of food, you buy food because you need to have your grocery bills, your grocery shopping done. You may have dis disposable income where you want to buy some luxury items and you buy a fancy car, you buy a nice watch, a nice handbag, and those things give you joy and, you know, they, they feed you in some way. We need to figure out why people buy art. Now, people buy Picassos as an investment. People are not buying my art as an investment. Not yet, anyway. And so we need to determine what is it that people are looking for when they buy our art. Are they decorating a home? Well, that's a certain, that's a certain buyer. Those people tend not to buy that often because they are actually building a home or they're moving or, or sometimes people have just gotten a divorce and they want to start over and start their whole lives again and are building a new nest kind of thing. Or maybe it is that the kids have left and they're empty nesters for the first time and they're, they're trying to <laughs> regain ownership of their home uh, now that the kids are gone. Whatever reasons those are, um, having a shop is great because those people are just out to comparative shop, find the thing that they love, 
And when they find that, they'll pull the trigger. So yeah, I do think we need a studio and we do make sales to people uh, who are looking for those kinds of purchases. And we need to be there and available and have the right price range for people as they do that kind of shopping. But there's another group of people, another group of collectors who are really buying because they support us. They're buying us and myself and Bogdan. They like me, they like my work, they feel that maybe I'm going somewhere and they want to be a part of that journey. Uh, I, I like to think that those people will continue to be around. Statistics show, I think, uh, that I've heard it said that generally a collector will buy seven to ten pieces from an artist over the, over the breadth of their career, his or her career. And so, yeah, those people are not buying because they're decorating their house. So they're not looking for a piece that matches the sofa. They're just looking for a way to support me. And that is golden. But I need them to do that. Either I need more of those folks, or I need them to do that more, more frequently. Uh, and so those are the people that I need to have an event. I need to have a special collection like the one I'm doing now with the show, uh, with Earthen. Uh, those people need to be able to participate in some way in my art career. And so I guess where I'm headed there is I need to find ways to interest them so that they will uh, buy more frequently or come by more frequently. One of the ways to do that, I've heard a lot of people talk, is to start to merchandise. I mean, most of the people who are buying my art already have a house full of art. They may already have two or three pieces of mine. They really don't have the bandwidth to buy any more. They don't have any room for any more. So they want to support me, but you know, they don't need another painting. Uh, and so what I'm doing right now, painting this chair, kind of gives an opportunity for someone to buy something unique that is supporting me, but might be something they don't have already or, or have space for or would buy because it's funny or, or uh, just weird and out of the ordinary. That was, that's the hope with this particular uh, chair that I'm painting. Uh, I know some people do scarves and, and handbags and uh, I even know one artist who has a line of eyewear that he's working with a, a vendor. He just wrapped a car for Mercedes-Benz. So people are able to support and buy him in a way that doesn't require them to buy a big old honking piece of art uh, for their already crowded walls at home. So that's another consideration. When we're looking at what it is they need, because everybody buys because they have needs, what is it that I can offer them that is something they need? How do I do that research? How do I offer that material?
And that's going to be the real push for us in 2024. So stick around. We should be getting uh, more and more information out as to what we're finding out as we do that bit of research and uh, would like to share that with you. Thank you guys so much. Hope you're having a great week. Stay creative. I'm going to keep painting this chair, doing a gesso layer, and then I'll start really adding some color and, and uh, to all this texture. So it should be fun. Uh, check it out online. I don't know when it'll be ready, but it'll have to be ready by December because that's when the show starts. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye now.